Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you your family and work can thrive. My name's Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. And today I've got some amazing news. You can now order your very own version of the Joy of Being book, supporting hardworking mums to stress less and live more. If you're the type of mum who is struggling with the burdens of motherhood or modern day life, then this will be a perfect book for you. If you're curious, you want to know more and you want to see what's up with that book, you can do so at www.marinapearson.com slash book. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Emma Learman and Kate Eversol both founders of the Being Fest in London. Being Fest is actually a two-day event where mums and mums-to-be can come and find out information around health, fitness, mindfulness, and everything in between to look after themselves. So on this podcast episode, we talked about their journey into motherhood, both women being from high-flying careers and talking about the year that they had out to create this beautiful and wonderful event in London. We also talked about about the pitfalls of not looking after yourself and actually the critical, the reasons why we need to. So if you are a mum who is really struggling in the first year or even second year or third year, this is going to be an amazing episode for you as we really created a, a very raw and real conversation around health and how we can look after ourselves. Enjoy. So welcome everybody. And on today's show, I've got a really interesting guest that popped up into my awareness about two to three months ago when one of the guests that has actually been on this show already, Emily Treader, put out a shout out for this particular event in London for mums and mums-to-be. And I got really curious about that. So I took a little bit of a gander and to see who was running it. And it was Kate and Emma. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here. Hi, everyone. So I I wanted to start with a little bit about what had you decide to create a well-being event for, for mums-to-be and mums in London? What was it that sort of spurned this, this willingness, this vision for you to carry this forward, Kate? We, me and Emma are really good friends anyway. I happened to get pregnant within three weeks of each other. So it was quite, it's been really, really good for us because it means we've had someone that's already a friend someone part of our community going through kind of this journey with us. So if someone's having a bad day or if someone's been confused, we've kind of just been able to, you know, hop on the phone very quickly. And one of the things we kind of realised is um, we've never used Google as much (laughs) when we've been pregnant because like the first time, I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but, you know, it's something that, you know, we, we both wanted so much. And then you just, what the worry that comes with it, like, are you doing everything right? Is everything okay? I remember feeling, I was so sick with Edie. And I remember that one day not feeling, not throwing up. And I was like, oh my God, something's wrong. Obviously I just Googled everything and we kind of thought, are we getting the right information from Google? Because sometimes blogs are great, but I, you know, are you getting information from experts and how available is this information and how reliable is it? And we thought actually what would have been really helpful is if we could all kind of come together with people 
that know what they're doing. People that are personal trainers uh, that have a specialty in pre and postnatal, people that are nutritionists who are have a specialty in fertility, just so we could ask them all the questions we're Googling. So that's kind of where, where the idea stemmed off from. So it's kind of like a live event for um, you've taken Google and, and put it into a live a live experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all under one roof. <laughs> all under one roof. And, and Emma, you know, was that sort of your journey too? Was that were you? Do you do you, do you, was that your experience of, of being pregnant um, as well? We actually had very different experiences, which again, then, as Kate said, you know, she had one day where she wasn't being sick and she was like, is everything okay? And then I had Kate telling me every day that she was really ill, but I had, my pregnancy was amazing. I didn't have, I didn't feel sick. I wasn't sick, but then I'm kind of Googling away being like, does this mean everything's okay or not? Or so, um, yeah, very different experiences, but both kind of wanted the same out of it in terms of we were just like hang on there's nothing out there where we can get these answers and know that they're from like trusted sources um and also we're you know we've 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 both always been um really interesting kind of like health and fitness and that sort of thing and you know we both continuously exercise throughout our pregnancies which again obviously brings even you know am I doing the right thing am I not and just making sure we were going to the right classes and um, eating the right food so yeah kind of same 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 but different experiences but but from that both we both kind of um had the the idea of being and that's where it all stemmed from that's amazing so um in in that in 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 that event so um what was what was then okay yeah let's do let's do a live event let's help mums come to this um amazing sort of I I guess they can ask the questions they can do the sessions um what was then the after after plan so they come and get the information and then what so what was the sort of feeling that you would want them to kind of move away into into their life to feel empowered I guess Mm -hmm. and to kind of you know having a baby nowadays is very different to when our when our mums had babies you know it has such an impact on women's lives whether that's mentally physically your career like your whole life and we just kind of wanted to bring all the specialists together to help empower new mums to kind of make the decisions that they'll need to make once they've had a baby and even things like to that point Emma even things like um breastfeeding like I know when my mum had me she said you were in hospital for two weeks and you you know you got you got the support there so when you left hospital after those two weeks you were you were happy and confident breastfeeding I was out I had Edie at four in the morning and I was home by 10 in the morning (laughs) so what and then I just panicked that you know she wasn't getting what she needed (laughs) so I think you know it would be great to for people to be able to speak to for example using that example a breastfeeding expert before so they know what's going to you know they know what could happen potentially after after they've given birth so they feel safe they feel secure like Emma said they feel empowered they feel like they're not alone because I think that's the other element um 
me and Emma were lucky to go through this journey together. But if, you know, you might not get pregnant at the same time as your friends, and then you kind of know that there's this community behind you. You know that there's um, not just a community of people going through it, but a community of experts as well. That if you do need something, um, you can, you know, you can ask that crowd. No, I, I can, I, I can really hear that. Like I remember a friend of mine saying to me when I was pregnant, she said, oh, yeah, wait until the baby's actually born. I don't, you know, that's when it gets really tough. And I don't think I ever really listened to her because when he was born, I was like, why didn't you tell me it was this hard? And she said, no, I did. <laughs> I, I did kind it's of. It's so true though. I did tell you. And, and you just seem to go, yeah, yeah, and then not really kind of follow down that train of, of, of conversation. And so for me, it was just, yeah, I, I really struggled in the first two years, actually. I can really see why moms um, decide, you know, walk away from babies. I really, I really could understand that because I, I had what I has been coined as postnatal depression, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, and it felt like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. And I, you know, there was something I really wanted to, um, because I know that motherhood, you know, I know that giving birth and having a child is, is natural. Like it's, it's, you see animals doing it in the wild, right? So that we are no different. We're, we're no different. The only thing that we got going on is all this neurosis up here, right? <laughs> it's pretty much oh, for something so natural. It's like the hardest thing that no one can really prepare you for. <laughs> no, and I was talking to a friend of mine and a client the other day, and um, it's really interesting because in different cultures they have they have something called um, well, I don't. They have like 40 days of bed rest. So mums just basically go, I'm bed rest for 40 days. Um, And, you know, the family and the village take care of the baby. A village raises a child. Right. And that sounds like a bloody wonderful, uh, amazing situation. But unfortunately, in this day and age, we don't get that luxury anymore. And especially in the States, for example, where they are back after six weeks. I mean, I remember six weeks going cesarean section going uh I can't even remember my name (laughs) my sister had um my sister lives in the US and her baby was born um with bad kidneys so he had to have a um operation on the first first day of his life so she had a c-section she and he was in intensive care for six weeks and she was back to work he was back he was home for one day before she had to go back to work yeah wow. so, so then you look at our maternity and it, you know she's been because I've taken a year off and she's just like you're so lucky to have that time so like we can you know thank you <laughs> um UK for the maternity time I think yeah totally well yeah and and also just um I think you know there's a sense that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and you know, to get it right and to be the best mum we can be and then beat ourselves up when something goes wrong, but not realising actually that um, we can ask for help and there is no shame in not feeling that you're actually coping. Mm. Um, and I think that there seems to be this thing of like super mum syndrome where it's like literally, I'm fine, I can get on with this. You know, everybody else seems to be coping. I'll just cope on my own, mm. I'll be fine. But actually... 
there is no shame in sharing. Actually, I feel like shit, and I and I and I and I'm losing the I'm losing the plot, and I don't know where I've gone. I remember. I don't know if this has happened to you or not, but um, it had. There was an epiphany moment for me where I was looking at my wardrobe, and all I saw was clothes. Um, po- uh, uh, Pre Leo, like pre <laughs> pre mama, right? Yeah. yeah, which I did not get into, so I don't know why they were hanging up in the wardrobe. And then, um, mama, and and they were all breastfeeding tops and like jumpsuits and comfortable clothing, right? Mm. But there was nothing post. Like there was nothing for the woman, right? There was nothing yeah. for Marina, the woman, the sexy woman. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, where have I gone? It was oh. like that sort of wake up moment. <laughs> Did you find that happen? Yeah. Yeah. My sister, <laughs> my sister again um, came over as soon as Edie was born and I was living in um, Tom's shirts and leggings and she was like, you can't get <laughs> this. <laughs> she was like, get in the shower, we're going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so absolutely I hear you and then we ended up going yeah. shopping <laughs> what about you Emma sometimes you just do need that shopping moment to kind of and also I think you have to um you know you can spend so much time staring at your pre-baby clothes that you're just you know you let's be honest, we're not going to get into them. I, you know, some might not get into them again. You know, some, it will, t- it will take a while. Like I had a friend call me last week. She's got a two month old and she was like, um, my, my jeans still don't fit me. And I was like, um, yeah, it's been two months and they're not going to fit you for a good while. So don't even bother trying them on. But, um, I mean, I, I work in the fashion industry. So I, there was moments at the end of my pregnancy and I just would stare at my wardrobe thinking it's just never going to happen. I'm, I'm never, ever going to get to enjoy any of you again. And then obviously you have the baby and um, now I'm kind of, you know, I spend the majority of my time in leggings and matched t-shirts and jumpers, as Kate said, um, which I'm really comfortable in. But every, every so often I just stare at my wardrobe and I think, yeah, you do have that moment where you just like, do you know what? Like, not not that you're leaving that person behind but you are entering a new stage of life and sometimes just treating yourself to a couple of new bits will actually just make you feel like really great and having a pair of jeans that do fit you perfectly there's you know there's not a better feeling than that horrendous feel as opposed to that horrendous feeling of just not being able to get your jeans done up yeah, yeah, I think we've all been there, haven't we? It's really interesting, though. But I think to know this and understand this can really help because it, it, it's it's. I didn't realise how much my body would change, how much my oh, it's such a shock, right? So I, I had him older. You are you. What ages are you? Of, of course, you're like in your twenties. <laughs> in our tw- no, th- I'm thirty four. Okay, so you're thirty five. Right. So I had Leo at thirty eight, and so my body was already kind of on a, on a, on a, on a trajectory of change. Right. And, and suddenly it was like, Oh my God, where have my boobs gone? Cause they used to be like gravity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, my tummy and I'm like, Oh, but, 
if I had known this, if I had known that this was normal, that that was actually something that's part of the process, I think my acceptance of it would have been far quicker than it's, it has been. It's difficult though, isn't it? Because I think everyone's, again, everyone's journey is different. Like I know people that have um, fitted into their genes within six weeks and back to their, you know, back to their normal size. But it took me a year to get back to, um, you know, to get back into my normal clothes. So it's, it's really, really, yeah, it's difficult because you might be lucky. <laughs> you might be. Yeah. I mean, I've got friends that went out and then went back in again as if they didn't have any children at all. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of us. But I guess it's also nice to know what's available to us and that this might be something that we might have to have the experience of. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's a possibility as opposed to it not being as opposed 100%. to yeah right yeah, like, yeah exactly and it's I think it's also a mindset as well it's like our bodies have gone through this incredible thing and I think it's more kind of like yeah pre- preparing yourself to the fact that if it does take a you know longer than you you'd hoped or if it doesn't happen it's like what your body's gone through and what you know and the child that you now have it's like everything is worth it it's just yeah the mental preparation um and you will get back to it and it's like once you get that the thing is we don't priority prioritize ourselves once we have a baby do we um and it's kind of finding the time there's so much to fit in in the day that um exercise just sometimes falls to the back and unfortunately we actually need that exercise I mean like for me I love going to exercise as soon as Matt gets home and I go to an exercise class like my my exercise instructor says to me I've never seen anyone walk into a class with such a smile on their face and I'm like this is the only time I get to myself like I absolutely love it and I think getting in the endorphins pumping and when people say about endorphins like it's so true like and you just can't under underestimate that feeling um so, but for me, that's, I mean, each to their own, but for me, like, that's my kind of go-to and, like, my me time. And uh, this is kind of brings me on to really sort of, um, I don't know, it's not even controversial subject, but it's certainly uh, something that I've seen overworking with mums over time. Um, and women, actually, it's not just mums, that we tend to um, think that looking after ourselves is actually an indulgence. So I love the fact that you guys are putting this actually at the forefront of conversation because it's not an indulgence. It's actually something that's needed as for us to work. I mean, we forget that we are, are, we are, it's an investment. It's not Mm. a spend, right? And it's a, um, well, if you don't look after you, how are you going to look after the child? If you're, you know, if you're sick or if you're stressed or if you're not happy, like baby feeds on all of that doesn't um he or she so I think yeah you do need to look after you yeah that's what they say happy mama happy baby yeah definitely that's our mission (laughs) I love it because I'm on a mission to do the very same thing and you know um what happens also, I guess, in this lifestyle that we have these days in the modern lifestyle is that everything gets so quick and so busy and people are rushing around and it's kind of normal. Mm. But actually, I would say that it's not normal. It looks normal, but maybe it's just not natural. Mm. Um, 
you know, if you look at dogs and cats, for example, they just lie around all day. Like, I'm not saying that that's what we need to do. <laughs> learn a lot animals, right? They just hang out. They go for a walk in the morning, they hang out, and they go for a walk in the evening, they eat a little bit, and that's pretty much their life. It's pretty simple. Um, and I know that we have to make money, and I know that we have to work, and I know that we have to do all of these things. But I also see something very interesting, which is, is packing way too much into our lives and beating ourselves up about the fact that we can't be achieving what we used to achieve because we, we have to look after a little person, right? Mm. And I think something's going wrong in general at the moment. Like if you look at the, I think the rates of stress, the rates of depression, the rates of people, um, you know, calling in sick for work are the highest in the UK that they've ever been. So something, something at the moment in our society is is wrong. And, um, you know, from what I've read, is it that you don't get to ever switch off from work because you've always got your work phone on, so you can always, you're always contactable. Um, is it that you're trying to do too much because of, um, to your point earlier, that there's so many expectations and you see so many people now. So you see so many people online seem to be having kind of the perfect life. Um, and then you, you kind of put that pressure on yourself. So I think, yeah, there's a few, there's something going wrong at the moment. So kind of going back to, to basics, like what, what's important to you? Um, what's important to your baby? Um, you know, eating, sleeping, moving. <laughs> Like dogs and cats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, have a little chat with you, have a little walk with your mates. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the narrative needs to change. And I think this is where what you're doing, I think, is wonderful because, um, you know, the Being Fest is really about changing that narrative. And the narrative I see right now is that I don't have time for my own self-care. I don't have time for, I feel guilty when I take the time out. Mm. Um is 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 my self-care and indulgence um mm. I should be able to cope on my own and I feel ashamed if I don't and it's it's we need to change the narrative to putting that at the top of the list so it has to be at the top or at least a priority um and it's and and to change the narrative around that which is to say um as you said before, um, this is actually something that we all need to, like, yeah, um, take into consideration because it is actually the fundamental of life. I had a little um, pyramid that I drew the other day, and 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 I think most of us, and I don't know if you agree, which is um, we put work at the bottom, as in that's the majority of time that we spend. Then we have looking after child and others. And then at the top is the me, <laughs> sort of like looking after me. But I mean, that's pretty much like how most of us live. And then we've got yeah. what you're up to in the world, which is self-care me at the bottom, which takes up the biggest part of the pyramid, which is the stability, right? And you've got, you know, others and whatever. And then the work can come at the top. Mm. I, but societally, we've seemed to have gone the other way. In other words... The, the former versus the latter. Why do you think that is? Well, education. Um, 
And I don't know if you agree with this or not. And I don't know, you might have some insights into this too, because obviously you're in, in, in this world, but um, it's, I, when I was educated, the, the number one value was to achieve something, right? It was to get them. It was to get marks. It was to get the top marks in the class. It was to, you know, what, how, how much did you get out of your test? Right. Mm. Um, what did you achieve? Um, society and education is set up for achievement, but is it set up for, did you enjoy doing that maths equation mm. and, and putting the focus on the journey, not on the end result? So this, this, this way in which we've come to see this is that achievement is actually more important than the enjoyment of it. That's kind of where I'm sitting with this right now. So we, we strive to achieve, to gain accolades of busyness, accolades of I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. But actually, are you enjoying any of it? Are you actually um, being in the journey of it and experiencing it in a way that actually lights you up? That's kind of what I'm seeing. But I don't know. Do you have a different way of seeing this? I agree with the um, with kind of your your conclusions there. The um, you know, that I think what you said was really um, poignant about being busy as a sign of achievement. And I don't know if it's even more so that I see it with kind of my friends in, in London. Um, because it is like, you know, we go to work, um, what are we doing after work? Have you seen like the latest, I don't know, have you been to the latest pop-up or whatever? There's, it is the kind of busy, busy, busy. But I don't know if it's, I'm, I'm trying to think about, and I don't know if I have an answer to this, about the why element. And if um, if it is kind of that that education and that focus on, like you said, on, on achievement, because just from my own kind of experience and I've got lots of friends that are teachers and um, my parents were both teachers and their focus very much is on the enjoyment. Mm. If you speak to like, if you like my mum, for example, taught for years, but she had so like, I've always been brought up with, are are you kind of happy doing what you're doing? Is is it, you know, well, do what makes you feel good. That's been a like really important mantra to us, but whether my mum's a one-off <laughs> and my, you know, you, you surround yourself by like-minded people often, don't you? You know, you surround yourself, your friends end up kind of having the same values as you. And, you know, my friends that are teachers, I know they promote those values in school and like, I've got a good friend that's a year six teacher and she doesn't focus on the sats at all because she says it's all, yeah. So she says it's all about, you know, they'll do them in that week, but, and, you know, we'll teach them to it, but it's all about at this level, it's all about enjoying education. We want them to want to come to school. We want them to want to enjoy that thing of learning. So it's, it's, it's really difficult, but I, and I wonder if, um, like phones, the only the, like the biggest trend in the last you know twenty years is that we can do everything from our phones. So we're distracted. We need to feel busy. We need to see what everyone else is doing. It's very hard to live in the moment when you've got that you know phone going off, or you know you can see what other people are doing. I don't know. Well, it makes sense, which is why you're doing what you're doing there. 
Okay. Yeah, no offense allowed. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, even we, even we couldn't take a year off for our maternity. We thought, you know what? Let's put a festival together for mums. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been good. It's for like, you, you know, up. everyone else is enjoying this time, and we're like, yeah, let's put, no, no, let's put an amazing festival together. <laughs> But I also, you know, maybe there there is something around identity here too. Mm. Um, if I'm not doing anything, am I? Am I a, yeah. You know, and I-, I had a big epiphany around this when I when I was pregnant with Leo because I was very much on that train of because at the time, you know, I've I've sold a best selling book. Um, I've it's been translated into four different languages. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had a TED talk. I've, mm. you know, I've done a lot of really cool shit. And, yeah. and, and so what happened was, is I, um, I became very wrapped up in that identity of, of achievement, right? Mm. So if, if I'm achieving, then I, I am a value. If I am achieving, then I am someone in the world. Mm. Um, and I remember distinctly when, when I used to work in the music industry, um, my positions in, in the business were really important to me. So I was, you know, export sales manager. And then when I left that position and went to New York to do a master's in music business, I ended up being an intern because mm. it didn't matter what I'd done in the past. But that was massively, um, that was a real kick to my identity because at the time I was so wrapped up in, this is what I'm up to, this is what I do. And I was very attached to that very attached to that mm-hmm. and so then what happened in this moment when I was lying in I was lying uh one night and I was breathing in and out and suddenly this new question popped up in my head which is who are you when I'm just lying here and nobody really knows um, mm. what you're up to and all I heard was you I am and I was waiting for what I am what and and that's all I heard and I realized oh my god I am, that's it. There's no, yes, I am a mother, but these are roles I play. They are not my identity. Mm. And that was a huge shift to help me just calm down. And, and yes, it's great to achieve, but not be attached to it and not to see it as part of my identity so that you can actually really enjoy. So anyway, that was just something that I've, I've come to see, that often we think our roles are actually who we really are. I don't know if that resonates at all. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm going through that at the moment. Um, obviously, coming to and making those choices about what's next, and and yeah, it's kind of weighing up, you know, what your career was, what it's going to be, what is it now, and um, yeah, I, it's like so many questions. Um, I woke up this morning and messaged Kate, didn't I, to say that like I didn't sleep much because I had like all these things going through my head. Um, I think yeah, because it's coming to the end of maternity, it's kind of it's just weighing all those things up, and now kind of like leaving that maternity bubble of what is life at the other side, which is also exciting but daunting and all all of the emotions. <laughs> um, so yeah, just kind of figuring that out at the moment. Yeah. I hear you. One of the things, that, <laughs> one of the things that keeps me grounded at the moment, and that I keep like to your to your idea about, um, you know, you're lying there and thinking I am. Um, one of the things I always think is that kind of age old saying that on your deathbed, and you're never going to think, did I, you know, I wish I spent more time in the office. 
you're always going to think, everyone always says, I wish I had more time with my family. I wish I had more time with my friends. So kind of those ideas that we've talked around about being present, you know, self-care, doing the things you you really enjoy, um, they're the things you're going to, you know, and when I talk to my grandparents or my parents, they're the things that people, you know, they're happy times that they look back on now. So I think it's always good to kind of have that on the back of your mind. But it's difficult. Um, I'm at the moment, I'm kind of negotiating my back to work. And it's, it, it's re- really, really difficult like that I'm um, in terms of having that like identity crisis, because when we're not, yeah, it, it's where I've been offered a promotion, but at the same time, I don't know how I can do it and be able to pick Edie up from nursery, which is something that I really want to be able to do. So do I not do it when I've worked for so long and so hard? Or do I, um, and then if I don't do it, I'll be going to work and have that stigma. Oh, she did turn this down because she's a mum now. So she doesn't necessarily care about her career. Mm. Or like, yeah. So I think, me and Emma are both going through this kind of at the moment. And I, at the moment, I just don't, don't know what to do because <laughs> I feel like I've earned it. But at the same time, going back to what I said, you know, being, being there for Edie is kind of my priority at the moment. What makes the most sense to you? If you could have what you want, what would it look like? Um, just um, working a few really long days, <laughs> so doing the job, but then having some just flexibility. Can you which, get that? I'm trying and they've been very good yeah to be well, fair no. they've been they've been like brilliant while I've been on mat leave they were brilliant when I was really sick and um I don't I couldn't even get to the office for a month they just said just do whatever you can they've been really really supportive so we're trying to work it out but it's um yeah but it, it's difficult hmm. 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 So how did you manage it? Did you what? Did you take it once you had Leo? Did you take a step back then? And oh, I I, I left the working world way before that. Yeah, <laughs> was it that night? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I got made redundant three times in the music industry. At that point, I just said, "I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore." And um, I kind of went on my own journey. So I haven't actually worked in an office for about 12 years now. So I don't know. I can't, I, I just don't know what I would have done if, if that was the case. Um, so I don't, my, my whole thing has been more around um, how the hell do I make money and still have a child? Mm. So my, my um, journey hasn't been around what can I negotiate? It's more like, oh my fuck, like how the fuck can I make any money? Yeah, how can I pay the mortgage? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so um, that's been my journey. And, and I've, I've come to a really good place with it now where, where it's working. So, but it's, it's, it's been a 12 year journey with it. Like it hasn't been overnight at all. Um, and so what I've realized is, is that we have this capacity to be super creative. So it's never about the circumstances it's about what's possible, what we want. And then, um, you know, is there a way in which we can negotiate something that works for both of us? So it's the creative idea or it's literally the, 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 Hey, actually, what if we did it this way? I don't know. 
right and wrong. Like I've, I've, I've done things that haven't worked. I've done things that have worked. I've done things that aren't working and ha- are working. It's one big experiment, really, I think. That, um, yeah, that, that, yeah. <laughs> That's not like the festival, of course. But, you know. If only we all had a crystal ball. Yeah. And we've learned so much just by, you know, going through this journey. And what, actually, one of the things that's made me kind of realise is I think there's lots of new mums out there who have gone through something similar to kind of all of us. They've gone, actually, how can I, um, like you said, how can I balance um being there for my child and um, making money to for both of us to survive, and I think a lot of mums go into starting their new thing. Like we've got lots of mum-led um, baby products that are coming to the festival. We've got um, mum-led um, PTs, mum yoga. We've got like all these mums that have stopped their career, um, you know, in the city or something, and have started their own thing because they or lots of retreats I've seen. I've also seen. Um, lots of feedback of how difficult it is because I think you know you can see this gap and actually like we looked at um originally we saw this gap and thought actually maybe we we can do like small retreats and that market's really really crowded now for um you know pregnancy retreats or postnatal retreats and I think like yeah, it's re- it's really really difficult. So I've had we've had people getting in touch with us saying, you know, they're shutting down or they're having really difficulty filling spots. It's yeah, I don't think it's you know. So then you get the stress of, like you said, of trying to make a business that will hopefully look after you, give you the flexibility you need, um, and then the stress of building a business on its own is hard. So yeah, it's a really difficult position, I think. Yeah, it is. And I, and I really, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, you've, you've, you've definitely either got to have a lot of time on your hands or you've got to also have the resources. Um, yeah. and you've definitely got to have a plan B, C and D. Because <laughs> <laughs> I run retreat here in Spain for mums and, um, are they easy to fill? Uh, sometimes are they other times? No, you know, so it's, it's really random, but I don't necessarily just, um, rely on that, on that being as my income. So Mm -hmm. I've set it up. So I've got multiple streams of income. So if one isn't doing so well, I know that that's okay because I've got another one that will carry Mm -hmm. that forward. So I've set it up in a way that actually helps me in that, in that respect, but that's not everybody's situation. And they're absolutely right. I think, um, it's one big experiment. The only thing that we can really do is listen on the inside. I mean, I, I think that's the only thing that we've all got going for us is this wisdom that's with us 24-7 that can guide us through these situations in life. And the way I see it is that if we can get quiet enough and still enough, that that's actually where the answers come from, that we can really listen. So stress, overwhelming, anxiety, all of that stops us from really being able to listen to what's needed in any given moment. And while wisdom is always with us, I find that um, it's a lot easier to listen to it when I'm quite more quiet. Yeah. Um, I don't know <laughs> if you've been... The other thing to go alongside that, I think, is the... Um, idea of positivity 
and the idea of kind of having that, like you said, that calm space, but actually thinking um, positively and um, visualizing, you know, positive thoughts. And I think that's kind of something that that's. I don't know if you, if anyone saw, um, if anyone watches the cricket, but yesterday there was. A, <laughs> how I know, like. I, I this is like a fluke that I happened to be on, but there's apparently this amazing like Australian batsman, and we just can't get him out. And he um, he did an interview last night, and he said, "I visualize every shot. I like I know exactly what's going to happen, and I use positive visualization, and that's kind of my tool." So. Yeah, I think if if it can work for, you know, one, and they're saying he's like the best batter that's ever existed or something, that can work for him. I think I can take a little bit from that too. <laughs> <laughs> People will buy tickets. The event will be a spy. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think that, um, you know, I don't know if you've, you've experienced this, but um, I've had moments where, I've been thinking about something, then I forget about it. And then literally it shows up in my, in my world, maybe a couple of days later, maybe a year later. So there's something in that. There's something in, in wanting something, but not being attached to it. There's something in um, knowing that your security and well-being doesn't lie in that thing working out. That mm-hmm. there's something in just going, you know, well, that would be really fun. I, w- I want to see if this can work out. And if not, that's okay too. Oh, it's hard though, isn't it? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> because to your point about, um, oh, um, you know, your identity, and I'm kind of bringing that like home now, and I'm thinking, oh, you say that, but if this festival, you know, if people turn up to this festival and don't have a great day, I think I will, you know, I will be upset. And so... And that's and that in and of itself actually everybody will have their own experience of the day, right? Everybody yeah, exactly. Everybody will I you know, I run I run um I have an Airbnb here at the Villa in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to me. So I, I hope this might be helpful to you. So um we just got a two point five and the and the out of ten, right? We've now got a two point five before. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Then she basically said everything like it was awful, right? And um, aside, you know, we've had 10s, we've had 8.5s, we've had 7.5s, we've had 10s and whatever. And I was like, wow. Like, to me, that says more about her state of mind than it does about what we offer. Because why is it then we've got a few 10s going on and then somebody comes along and gives you 2.5? That, to me, says more about them than it does about what we are all about and what we wanted to bring to light and what we wanted to create here and so um we've had people come back uh we've had people say this is the best thing we've ever experienced before and then we've had the other one or two that goes this is the best thing ever what i had to really learn is just to be okay it isn't to see experience i'm not responsible for other people's experience the only thing i can do is create something out of love and care with the best intent possible. That's the only thing that I've got any control over. I don't know if you feel feel a bit better now. Definitely going into my day more positively than I was this morning. So, ladies, now the babies are awake. 
special guest. That's uh, yeah. I was curious. So, if anybody wants to come to the Being Fest in London, they are a mum to be. They are a mum already, and they are frazzled, and they're just like, oh my god, I really need some help. I really probably just need some mums who who knows what the hell I'm going through. Where can they? Where can they get in touch? And where can they book Emma? Um, so if they head to um, beingfest.com, we've got all of the information there. We've all of our speakers, so you can read a bit about them and what they actually do. And then we've got the full agenda for both days. So just to reiterate that day one is kind of all is around um, fertility and um, pregnancy. So if you're trying or if you're pregnant, that's the, the day for you. Um, and day two is all around kind of postnatal new mums um but we also have weekend tickets if you're kind of just interested in everything um and yeah you can buy tickets through the website um and we've also got our instagram page as well where we've we're posting like various bits of information and new speakers um so yeah check us out everyone wonderful and for those of you that have been on this pod who are listening to this podcast uh they've kindly said that with the link that we will be giving here you'll get a little discount as well if you come through having listened to this so um wonderful everybody uh kate thank you so much for coming on no problem. Thanks for having us. And thanks for your good advice as well. We can control what we can control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm going into my day much more positively now than when I woke up. You're feeling a little bit lighter. Yeah, exactly. This has been great. <laughs> And for those of you that do decide to go to the, the festival, I will be putting a little postcard in the goodie bag to um, to give you access to my book called The Joy of Being, which is actually to help you mums calm down and actually listen to your wisdom more so that you actually navigate this whole motherhood and modern day life with more ease. So look forward to connecting. Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Bye. And there we have it, another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may well enjoy the book as well. You can either download a free chapter, www.marinapearson.com slash chapter, where I go into much more depth into how we can create more time and space as well. And if that doesn't fly and you're more curious about getting the entire book, then you can do that too at www.marinapearson.com slash book. Until the next time, remember, you are the joy you seek.